0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.
3: Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: got
4: an L right up to the
1: left.
5: Welcome to the Worst Year Ever. Uh, a podcast about, you know, twenty twenty and such. Uh, I'm Robert Evans and my co-hosts are Katie Stoll and Cody Johnston. That's right. And today we're gonna talk about What's been happening in the city of Portland for the last forty days? Uh, because the city's been through now more than forty straight days of protesting, and about like half of those days have wound up being riots. And uh, in fact, the this specific episode is coming after a five night, a series of five nights in which uh, three riots were declared. Um, so it's been it's been a real one in Portland.
3: Wow, you know what's interesting? Forty days. That is so many days, and you do not see it yeah. getting covered in the mainstream media. Um, I know it's happening from you, but e- I've said this before, but even people that I know that live in Portland aren't aware of the extent to what's happening downtown. You know, everyone's sheltering in place. Just the media coverage of it is is abysmal.
5: Yeah, it hasn't, you know, there's a lot of great journalists out there in the streets but most of them aren't working for huge outlets, you know, right. which is part of one of the things we're going to discuss a little bit later today. The specific thing that just happened on the 4th of July that I, I think needs to be covered is you know, it, it was essentially it, 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 we essentially saw a medieval siege in this in the streets of an American city um waged between like, federal agents firing through murder slits in a fortified uh, federal courthouse and being shot back at by protesters armed with hundreds of illegal fireworks. Um, It was was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, like, federal agents dropping tear gas out of slits in the walls of a courthouse as, like, people with shields, you know, clustered to stop the impact rounds being fired into the crowds that folks could shoot fireworks back into the courthouse. It was fucking... It was nuts. <laughs> like I've never I've never seen anything like it. Um, I, I guess I would say the closest thing I've seen to what we saw on July 4th was is was actual warfare. Um, it was about as close as you can get to actual warfare without people shooting live rounds at each other. Um, and things have escalated in some ways since then. And what's what's happening in Portland is interesting for a number of reasons, um fundamentally, and this is something that's been brought up to me by two of my stringers, you know, who who have been working with me in the streets of Portland. Um uh, they they go under Twitter at, at 45th Absurdist Brigade. But um one of them, Elaine, pointed out to me that like we're essentially seeing um what happens when a, a huge chunk of a city loses its fear of its police force. Because that's something that that has really been evident. After so many nights of getting tear gassed and shot at and hit with sticks and arrested, the people who continue to show up at these protests aren't scared of cops anymore. Um, and so the police and law enforcement has had to uh, escalate. And what's happened in the wake of July 4th is they've been sending out federal agents um, who, who are— and essentially you're saying like federal agents who are indistinguishable from soldiers— um, not wearing like police riot armor, but wearing full combat armor, carrying M4 rifles, you know, charging out to grab and arrest people for stuff like knocking on the door of the courthouse um, because they, they they don't have any rules of engagement. You know, the, uh, the the police have limitations on what they can do. The federal agents don't. And so as the, the people of Portland have lost their fear of the police and the police have become less and less able to disperse the crowds arrayed against them. Um, The feds are coming in more and more to fuck people up Um, and and doing so using tactics that are that are straight up military tactics that aren't like militarized. You're not talking about like a lot of people, you know, you're not just saying like, oh, the police have grenade launchers, so they're militarized. It's like, no, 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 no. The federal federal troops are essentially using military tactics to try to break up these gatherings. what? Um, So one of the things that you see with police is police are supposed to announce something called an unlawful assembly or a riot or something. They are supposed to make announcements to the crowd, giving them a chance to disperse before the use of munitions, before they start arresting people. This is like there's a rhythm to a protest, even a very aggressive one, even a riot that is predictable because the police have... have legal strictures on how they're supposed to act that 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 go in certain ways. And this doesn't mean the police don't use excessive force, but it means there's certain things that they do because they're police. The federal agents have just been sort of charging out of the courthouse without warning, grabbing people off the street. Um, like the police were doing things like firing, you know, tear gas and whatnot to clear out people who had been, you know, sometimes shooting off fireworks and stuff. One of the things that caused a federal sally um, two nights ago was a guy walked up and he knocked on the door of the courthouse, and that's all he did. And they charged out into the street. They cleared people up for blocks away. They were tackling people to the ground. Um, and they, like, they tackled this guy, grabbed him, and dragged him back into the courthouse. And my uh, uh, my employee on the ground, Elaine, who has seen a lot of street action over the last couple of weeks and has has no fear of tear gas or even impact rounds or nightsticks from the police, um, was terrified because like it was this. There was no no ability to predict what they were going to do, which is kind of like it, 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 when you're when you're prosecuting a war. Like one of the things they have to train soldiers to do in our military that makes them effective in a combat situation. Is the ability to engage in and display like relentless aggression because the goal is always to ensure the enemy never has any chance to get on a stable footing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's constant disruption. It, it, so the unpredictability, the inability for them to uh, formulate an effective strategy, like that's how you that's how you deal with an enemy in a co- in, in like a combat situation. That kind of aggression and that sort of that sort of meter of aggression. Um, which is not how police are supposed to engage, and and not how police engage with uh, the crowd. For all of the critiques of the Portland Police Bureau, their behavior, even when it was illegal, uh, and we'll talk about that a bit, because they did break the law on a number of occasions. It was predictable. Um, you could you could start to understand, okay, this is going to happen. The police will react in in this way or one of these ways. There was no kind of predicting. Like the federal troops were rushing out of the courthouse to arrest and and grab and uh, tackle people. Sometimes when no discernible action had been taken by the crowd, because right. there's no restrictions on their behavior, um, and so you've, you're seeing what you're seeing in the streets of Portland is it started with militarized police meeting a crowd that was willing to willing to kind of meet them with insurgent tactics, with military tactics, and not with um, the kind of military tactics I think the crowd was ex- the the police were expecting, but with uh, you know, a lot of stuff that looked w- would have been more at place you know in a medieval conflict um and or you know like phalanxes and stuff like that so even going further back than that but like but like you 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 saw the crowd adopting these sort of organized military tactics um in order to deal with a police force that was utilizing variations of those of those same tactics um and what you've seen now is federal troops who have come in and essentially you know I use the word troops but we're talking about US Marshals we're talking about Department of Homeland Security officers um, but we're talking about people who are visually indistinguishable from soldiers and carrying the same weaponry as soldiers. So they're not packing just the non-lethals. They're packing M4 assault rifles yeah. and shit now. Um, you're seeing them bring in because, you know, police tactics are are militarized. But in a lot of cases, you know, you're still looking at kind of like more ancient military tactics, because at the end of the day, when you have police in a riot line confronting each other, you have two groups of people armed with melee weapons, primarily like like. Coming into conflict with each other, a lot of them carrying shields and sticks and stuff. So it has it, it's militarized, but it has more in terms of like what you actually see on the ground. It has more in common with you know what people would have experienced fighting you know a few centuries ago than it does with modern military tactics. And now that 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 has gone to the point where the police can't disperse these crowds effectively, um, federal agents are using very modern military tactics—the kind of stuff like the kind of literal physical tactics um, that you would more expect to see in in an active war zone than than what police are supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. it, it's gotten very strange.
3: Sounds like an appropriate way to be spending the 4th of July weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Citizens protesting and, you know, feeling like it was the way people fought hundreds of years ago. Um, yeah, the videos that you, you sent us were... Very intense. Yeah.
5: Yeah. We'll play a little clip from that right here when there was this was the moment at which there was essentially just a straight up siege of this. So so for an idea of what downtown Portland is like, you have the Justice Center, which is um, the police headquarters in the jail, and it's next to a federal courthouse. And so the Justice Center is guarded by normal cops. The federal courthouse is guarded by DHS agents, Homeland Security, and essentially military dudes. You know, that's how they look and operate. Um, and you had this crowd of a 1,000 or so people gather around both, Um, uh, kind of drunk. A lot of people were kind of drunk. It was the fourth, and they had a ton of fireworks and a ton of really illegal fireworks, but it's easy to get them because there's nothing that's illegal in Washington, so people just drive up to Washington, buy a bunch of illegal fireworks, come down to Portland, and this was happening all over Look, the city.
3: Look, it seems like all over the country people have yeah. easy access to illegal fireworks. Yeah. That's another <laughs> segment. So
5: in Portland, they just started firing hundreds of illegal fireworks directly at the courthouse and the justice center. Um, and it was really, it was, there were some great moments where like you could see people who were in the jail, like cheering and waving and like sticking their fists in the air. Cause they were getting like, the fireworks were exploding at their windows. Um, so they got a, they got a show and they seemed to be enjoying it. But people also, you know, it was, it was a pretty chill Despite the reckless use Except of fireworks, for the
3: fireworks,
5: <laughs> it was pretty chill. Um, the crowd was, and there wasn't a lot of people pushing towards the actual buildings themselves, just kind of shooting at their facades. And these are gigantic concrete buildings. Um, there was no no real there was no danger of the fireworks doing any damage to them then the police brought out their their sound system and started telling people not to shoot at the federal courthouse which guaranteed that that's all people were going to want oh, to do for the sure. rest of the night and they knew and, that yeah and the crowd then clustered they they gassed everyone once and so the crowd crowd began clustering just around the federal courthouse and firing into like the plywood they'd put up over the windows and trying to shoot in through the murder slits that the uh the agents had cut so that they could shoot out at the crowd um and that that you know, kind of culminated in what, what, yeah, what looked very much like a fucking medieval siege, just with fireworks and fucking paintball, uh, uh pepper ball rounds and rubber bullets and shit. It was very strange. Um, I want to play you a little clip from that. Yeah, you can see here one of the murder slits, as an old like, medieval term, I think. So that's where they're shooting out from it, people. So we definitely have like an old fashioned medieval siege
1: here. It's this sort of crowd getting their shields to the front.
5: Uh, yeah, you see a crowd getting their shields to the front. You see the defenders firing at a murder hole. You see
1: fire, you know, fireworks being shot into the thing. This is the... Oh, Jesus
5: Christ. So, yeah, like, that's... I don't even know, like, what to say about it to a certain extent because it's so surreal to see this uh like i spent you know we, we after this the police dispersed the crowd from the justice center area and the crowd spent hours kind of in a running battle with the cops um and there was a lot of like It it got pretty intensely violent. Like, it was weird because this was the best the mood has been from the crowd. Like, everyone's morale was really high because people were, I think, really excited about how well they were doing at staying together and reforming and not getting dispersed Mm -hmm. by the police. Um, But the police were unbelievably angry and were beating the shit out of people. Like, when they would get close, they were hitting them with truncheons. I watched at one point they grabbed a man and dragged him on his back across the asphalt into a cloud of tear gas to arrest him. Jesus Uh, Christ. They fucking stabbed the tires out of a van that was handing out snacks, Uh, and they didn't arrest the guy driving it. (laughs) They just stabbed his tires. like It was fucking wild. The the issue
3: wasn't with the man. He is but a man. It's with the car.
5: It's with the van. those tires. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's with the BLM snack van. They fucking hated that van. And it was like, They were doing shit like gassing the crowd and then firing rubber bullets and foam bullets into the smoke. So like they clearly can't see what they're shooting at. They're just shooting into the crowd with impact munitions, which you're supposed to be very carefully used. You're supposed to fire these at the ground to bounce them up into people. You're not supposed to shoot people directly with them. They were just shooting into the fucking smoke. Impact
3: munitions being an example of like rubber bullets.
5: Rubber bullets, foam bullets, uh, pepper balls. These are all impact munitions. Yeah, so it does real damage. So it was it was it was pretty intense to experience. Um, and it was just like, you know, we've had we've had dozens of nights uh, of a of a not dissimilar tempo, usually less fireworks, some fireworks, but less fireworks. But um, this keeps happening every single week. You know, the first two weeks after George Floyd's murder This happened, something like this happened pretty much every night. And then since then, it's at least been every three or four days there's been a night like this. Um, Sometimes with fewer people, but like that intensity.
3: The fact that you still are pulling crowds of a thousand people is wild and incredible, you know. Yeah, to keep people showing up every night or most nights like this.
5: Yeah, and there's, you know, the nights afterwards it was more like 100 150 people that showed up, but it's still this like, you know, it's keeping this like heartbeat alive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot there's uh, there's some criticisms folks including me will make about like the decision to continually rally at the Justice Center cuz tactically mm-hmm. it is a terrible place to get into a fight with the police. They can surround you very easily. Um they can tear gas the shit out of you very easily. Um, it's not, um, it's not a great defensible position. And the fact that the, the feds are next door creates additional issues because now people are getting federal charges. The folks who are being arrested by the feds, you know, when the cops arrest you, your charges are generally going to go up that night. Usually you'll be out the next day. Um, a lot of folks just get released with a citation. Um, the feds have been keeping people in jail for two, three days before anyone even finds out their charges. Um, And then those charges are again, federal charges. So people are getting, you know, a, a, the chances are that they will get much more prison, higher prison sentences when this finally comes out. And the feds are also keeping their shit, keeping their phones, keeping their house keys, mm-hmm. keeping their wallets as evidence. It's kind of a bad tactical decision to involve. And you had on, on July 4th, you had people with bullhorns being like, when we get back, because the crowd eventually marched back to the Justice Center after, like, three hours of fighting and reforming in the streets, made its way back and reoccupied the Justice Center, which has never happened before. But there were people, like, begging folks in the crowd, don't fuck with the courthouse again. Like, we, we can't, we, we probably shouldn't try to start a fight with both the feds and the local police at the same time. Like, this might not be the best the best tactic. Um, mm,
3: that seems well-reasoned.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens next, but um, it's been fucking surreal, and it's um, I don't think we've seen the biggest rallies we're going to see in Portland this year, and I don't think we've seen the most police or law enforcement violence we're going to see this year.
3: No, I-, I don't think we have either. We're in such a weird lull. I don't know. It feels like things still feel tense, that there's stuff crackling beneath the surface, it does not seem like police seem um cowed by people or by the the potential of uh, you know that we have as a collectively to to uprise and to protest uh, cuz we're continuing to see police violence everywhere um yeah so i agree with you i don't i don't think it's the end of it we have to take a quick ad break
5: oh probably yeah probably the end of that section you know what won't fire impact munitions blindly into a smoke filled crowd?
4: Wow! Pants? Don't say Raytheon. Raytheon. Yeah,
5: Raytheon. Well, no, Raytheon's new knife missile, Cody, is the opposite of firing blindly into a crowd. It's firing a knife <laughs> missile at exactly mm-hmm. the place with that you precision. Know it is. That's with true. Precision. That's True. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They would have. They would have. They wouldn't have missed those murder holes.
5: No, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have. Well-
1: Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, A hand clapper a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. We're
2: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. at lifelock.com news. That's lifelock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
3: Mad. Oh jeez! From the ad, ad, ad.
5: Yeah, we sure Time are.
3: Get mad. I really like that, Katie. Good job. Mad, mad.
5: I'm just, I'm livid. Um, yeah. So I wanna, I wanted to play you, y'all, because uh, I like uh, how
3: you said you and then corrected yourself to y'all.
5: Thank you, thank <laughs> you. It's <laughs> inclusive. Um, so like when these when this shit started in Portland, there was like a lot of local coverage about what was happening, and there, you know, was even some. Uh, it, there wasn't a huge amount of national coverage just because what was going on in Minneapolis was so much crazier. Um, but as Portland has wound up having like kind of one of the longer um, running protest movements uh, in the wake of all this, like we've gotten uh, local media has had to pull back a bit just because their budgets can't cope with it. And, you know, they've done a, a ver- varying levels of quality jobs uh, in terms of, of actually handling the story. Some of them have sucked. Some of them have been incredible. Um, but, uh, we, we have gotten, when we've gotten national coverage, it's tended to look more like this. And I want to play you, I want to actually go through this whole Fox news segment. So this is like, a. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Mark. That'll Morgan. help my
3: migraine. Robert.
5: Yeah. yeah this is Fox <laughs> and friends and it's Fox and friends interviewing, uh, the customs and border patrol commissioner, Mark Morgan, um, about the 4th of July riot in uh in portland and uh i i find this really um i mean i find it i find it infuriating and inaccurate but i also find it interesting so we're gonna go through it and take some time to pause bit by bit and talk about what uh what he's saying and what the truth is Ooh, this is Um, a fun
3: new segment
5: Yeah, this will be interesting. Thanks, Jed. Here we go. Right. <laughs> Violence rocking
1: Portland overnight. Police declaring a riot yet again as the city sees its 38th straight day of unrest. Border Patrol now called in to assist. Here with an update is acting CBP Commissioner Mark Morgan. Good morning, Mr. Commissioner. The third time this week you've had to declare a riot in uh, Portland. What's going on there?
5: And one thing I want to correct is that... Uh, he did de- the CBP. Pe- he didn't declare a riot. Uh The police eventually <laughs> did declare a riot. The feds, which is, you know, includes CBP and, and all of these other agencies we've been talking about, started dumping munitions before there was any kind of declaration of anything because they don't have to declare. They can just they can just shoot shit off. Good to know Yeah, that's a That is a point to be made.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Griffin, these are not protesters. These are criminals who got no. together and organized and planned and actually brought weapons. They brought uh, shields. They brought frozen <laughs> water bottles, rocks.
5: I can tell you, number oh. one, <laughs> it's very funny to me with the the number of weapons used against the protesters that he's so angry. They brought shields. They brought
3: shields, oh, water bottles, I haven't rocks. seen
5: any frozen water bottles and i have seen right. so m- i have seen thousands also, of water bottles thrown at the cops they all splatter open upon hitting because yeah, they're just it's not a bottles.
3: weapon it's a party yeah. it's the fourth of july people water yeah. fights are <laughs> cultural canon
5: they brought weapons
4: <laughs> i love the I, obviously i love the shield thing but also mm-hmm. like these aren't protesters.
5: These people organized. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a plan. They didn't just Pardon march me. around and le- go back home, not accomplishing anything. <laughs> it's It's great.
0: Lasers. <laughs> Weapons with the intent to destroy a federal
5: building lasers. and harm law enforcement lasers. officers. Lasers. Wait Again, a minute.
3: Pause. F- lasers? Yeah. What yeah, kind of lasers?
5: Tons of like, them. Uh, like yeah. laser pointers? Yeah, like laser pointers, they shine into the cameras. Those are very threatening. Yeah, and they're not the. I will tell you, there are laser pointers that can do that will do permanent eye damage. Yeah. Okay, um, that's fair. These are not the ones being used. No police officers anywhere in the country have suffered any eye damage as a result of lasers being deployed. Um, and all of these the al- lasers, until the police started shooting people, at which point folks shined lasers and face masks to try to blind the people shooting them temporarily. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, that's. I'd say so. The lasers were being used to blind cameras. Um, Okay. Yeah. So we're not talking
3: like those little laser pointers you buy
5: for your cat. No, no, no. They're heavier duty than that. But they're not the ones that will like, you know, you get the heavy, the really big ones that you can like, you can light cigarettes with. And if you shine them in someone's eyes, it will fuck them up forever. Um, These are not those. People are not shooting those into faces. No police officers have been had their vision damaged um, by the fucking lasers, which I would compare to maybe the. Flashbangs that they throw at people, even though they're not supposed to throw them at people and shoot directly at people's bodies, which have exploded within inches of my body on a number of occasions and definitely have have had an impact on my vision and hearing. Um, Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I'm so sorry. They brought shields. Yeah. My fucking head's pounding. Um, So that's all very funny. It's very funny that he he says that they had the intent to destroy the federal building the the federal courthouse in downtown portland is again it is a fortress it is a massive concrete structure none of these none of the fireworks did any kind of damage none of them could have done any kind of damage you would have had to bring military grade weaponry to do any meaningful damage to anything but the plywood and i don't think they even damaged the plywood seriously one person broke a window the idea that it would have been possible for this crowd to destroy that courthouse um, is absurd because it's basically a castle.
3: Well, it's either a lie or stupid.
4: They knocked aggressively, I thought you were talking about.
5: Oh, that was the next night. That was the next night. Uh, Someone just knocked on the door and got arrested. Yeah. Because then I would understand. You could tell
4: they
3: meant business with that knock.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah, It was an assault knock. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, let's listen to our friends continue.
3: And
0: I've said it before, I don't
3: care what your
0: ideologic beliefs are, your political
5: ideologic, violence, Uh. we should
0: all be united, is wrong. And I can tell you for one, I'm glad that this president of the United States understands the importance of law and order, and that it's a cornerstone of American society.
5: What we saw in Portland last night was criminal, and we stood... It's funny that he says violence is wrong, because again the police were repeatedly pumping impact munitions blindly into a crowd and dragging people across the ground and beating them with sticks so i i'm i'm interested for this for for mark morgan's condemnation of the the portland police for that but i, I didn't also, hear it yeah he
3: says he doesn't care about our what do you say ideological
5: ideologic your ideolo- ideology yeah. you get the gist yeah, yeah. he does yeah.
3: he cares he cares what your ideological yeah. is
4: well i mean he immediately invoked the president so I think it might have a little bit to do with some sort of ideology.
5: Yeah, I think he might have an ideology. It's possible.
1: Mr. Commissioner, the presidents have warned that this element, there are parts of uh, these groups that are uh, terrorists, perhaps, that they're literally trying to do pure harm. This isn't about making a statement. You have some news you can share with us now about the arrest on Friday and the attack on the Hatfield Federal Courthouse. What is that?
0: Absolutely, Griff. Early this morning, in fact, I just got this situation report a few minutes ago, is that one of the criminals that were actually trying to assault one of the CBP employees uh, uh, while he was being arrested, the report right now is is telling us that a, a, uh, a pipe bomb, a fused incendiary device, and a machete was actually discovered during that search.
5: Now, this is was really interesting. Was that no, your no, it wasn't. But if there was a <laughs> if there was a machete in the possession of someone there, they were violating no law because it is it the possession of unconcealed machetes is completely unregulated in the state of Oregon uh, and completely legal. The pipe bomb thing is real funny because I found the picture that they posted of this, and number one, for whatever reason, they posted the picture of the pipe bomb with a uh, a bunch of tissue paper and zip ties, um, okay. which was a weird call. And also, mm. it's not a pipe bomb. It's very it's very clear. It is a pipe with uh, two bits of like metal um, uh, plugs like screwed into either end. I can see how someone might initially think, oh, that might be a pipe bomb, uh, but there's no hole drilled in it. Uh, there's no fuse. There's no evidence of any explosives at all. And what it actually is, and what it appears to be, I should say, Um, based on my experience going to a whole lot of protests and riots, is people make shit like this all the time to break windows. It's a window-breaking thing. It is a thing somebody made so that they can fucking crack a window very easily. And there's no evidence that it's a pipe bomb.
3: (laughs) That's surprising to me that they would report that it's a pipe bomb, though, because— Fox News is yeah, usually pretty diligent about checking yeah. these things, huh?
5: And you'll notice you'll notice the language that the CBP commissioner uses because he says he he after saying it's a pipe bomb, he says okay, but he he goes back and says uh, based on the report that we're reading right now, um, because mm-hmm. at some point they're going to walk this back because there will f- they my suspicion is that they will have no evidence of any actual explosives and thus that this was not a pipe bomb. Um, so, you know, you've got to make sure that everyone knows. Oh, what I, you know, based on the report I've read, they had a pipe bomb and then you never have to correct it. They're not going to have him back on Fox News to be like, ah, you know what? It was just a guy who was ready to fucking break some windows because he he wanted to (laughs) loot some Louis Vuitton or whatever. Um, very frustrating, but I'm interested in their fucking analysis of that pipe bomb with no fuse in it at all. Uh, that'll be fun. Anyway, let's continue.
0: Think about that, Griff. Think about the deadly consequences from these criminal actions.
5: And no also, one has died. All
0: listeners get out there and see some video. There's a video where a woman is overheard confronting one of the, uh, the agents there. And she refers to it as, hey, I know this game. I'm on a city sidewalk. There's nothing that you can do. And she goes further and says, why don't you go back where you came from, white boy? That's what this is, Griff. It's a game okay. to
5: <laughs> See, I love this. I love this because he, he immediately says, you know, we need to talk about the deadly consequences of this. And then those consequences are somebody called a cop a white boy <laughs> while standing on a sidewalk <laughs> and asserting her right to be on a sidewalk of a city that she lives in. <laughs> That's the deadly consequences here. Very fun. Love, love this guy.
0: It's a deadly game, but serious. This is about law and order. We must be united. Where are the local political leaders, Griff, standing up, saying this is unconscionable, this is wrong, and these individuals should cease and desist and be arrested? Where that? Where, where are they? Your officers on the
1: ground.
5: Now, this, in, what, thats funny because in they? the city of Portland, uh, our mayor has stood by the police pretty, pretty significantly, um, and has made only the most milk toast kind of. Complaints, And so did our, our city commissioner, Joanne Hardesty. She wrote a real mean letter to the police after they beat the piss out of a bunch of people last Tuesday. Um, but that letter she wrote the day after she was like one of the deciding votes to approve the new police budget for the next several months. So Very uh, cool. gave up any sort of leverage that she had to the police and then said that they were mean. Because, um, again, local political leaders in Portland are terrified of the police union. Um, and usually terrified to take any action against it. Now, what I will say, if you're trying to look at how popular these protests are, I don't have perfect data for you, but there's a current runoff election for the mayor of Portland uh, between the current mayor Ted Wheeler uh, and Sarah Yannarone, who is his his like did well enough in the election that there's a runoff in November. She was something like 20 points behind before all this started, and now they are neck and neck. Um... So that might suggest that there's actually quite a bit of sympathy in the city of Portland uh, for the people out protesting the police every night. Um, we'll see in November, I suppose.
1: Quite troubling that a pipe bomb allegedly was found along with
5: uh, the, the huh? device and a machete. Mm-hmm.
1: So what will happen
0: now with that individuals and those that you're arresting there? That in
5: individuals.
0: Well, absolutely, Griffin. That's where you say this really is a whole government approach. So we have United States Marshals, Federal uh, Protective Service there, uh, HSI sent agents there, and the FBI has committed a lot of resources to making sure that these individuals are arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law for the criminals that they are. We are doing disservice to peaceful, lawful protesters when we call these individual protesters. They're not. They're criminal thugs with an agenda.
1: In the last just for 30 seconds to go, Mr. Commissioner, do you see this being now a—you'll a, have to escalate the force that you're already deploying?
0: Look, we're, we're going to escalate to the for use of force that's needed to repel these criminals and apprehend them and prosecute them. But I can tell you, I've been doing this for over 25 years, and this president is 100 percent behind us, and I'm glad that we have an administration that understands the importance of law and order. We're not walking away from our federal facilities like police departments have in some communities. We're staying. Cool. Mr.
3: Commissioner, thanks for being here.
5: Yeah, so that's a lot fun.
3: going on there. Yeah, um, lot's
5: going on there. That guy really had a line to push about how much he likes the president, I'm guessing because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, just the, the
3: coded language also, like— we finally have a president that backs us up here. You know, mm-hmm. we, we know what they're backing up. Also, criminals, just the words that they use to describe protesters. What are they doing? Okay, pe- I guess you shouldn't technically be firing fireworks at a federal building. I think it like, is against
5: the law. I do I, I do suspect it's against the law to shoot illegal <laughs> fireworks at a federal courthouse.
3: Sure. <laughs> that I, to I, I, I'll, I'll give While you that. While street drinking. <laughs> that's not everybody that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And also they've been using that same language for all of this. It's not just that, you know. Yeah. Um but overall very impressed with their coverage.
5: Yeah. I couldn't
3: say that with a straight face.
5: It's very funny. Um I I, I it, it's funny like the focus on the violence of the protesters when the actual injuries um have been pretty one-sided. Uh, and 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 largely dealt out by the police. The police, like every every time they can, will post a video of like they posted one after July Fourth that showed um, burns on a guy's and on an officer's pants um, from a firework, and another officer who was doused in paint. Um, and they're like, How these are just two examples of the kind of violence done to our officers. And it's like, How okay, about guys, showing
3: them the journalist who lost her eye.
5: Yeah, I mean that was another city, but they did mace uh, one of our journalists and shove him to the ground, and another journalist who was filming an arrest got knocked down and beaten on the legs with uh with truncheons. Um, several of us have been shot with impact munitions. Um, I've had my pants burned by a flashbang, uh, which you know is is I would say at least comparable to what happened to that other officer's <laughs> sure. pants. No one has poured. Uh, I will say this: I did not get covered in paint. Um. That is Not that is yet. a type of tremendous violence that is a unique experience of a of, of Portland police officer. So Andy know I, I would know. Yeah, Andy does. Well, yeah. He wouldn't know. It was something um, else white and creamy. Um, yeah.
3: We have to take another ad break. I'm speaking here Speaking of to,
5: white and creamy. We get to. We
4: yeah. get to take another
5: we
3: ad We get break. to. Did you say speaking of something white and creamy?
5: I sure did, Katie. One pump, one cream.
2: Ad break.
0: Welcome to the worst year ever.
2: Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
0: If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco.
5: we're back oh my god i love cream um no i don't you don't no not really um i mean yeah it's a i have i have complicated emotional feelings on the nature of cream um
3: we'll get dig into that in another day
5: <laughs> yeah so i'm left like we're in a, we're in this very strange place in Portland where I, things seem to have escalated to the the high. I can't imagine things escalating further than they went on the fourth without gunfire, um, most likely gunfire from federal uh, or or even you know local police because I think a lot of them are itching to be able to do that. Um, I have trouble imagining things escalating further. So in terms of how the movement continues here, I can only see it moving laterally, right. Yeah, you know, we had you know people going after different targets, not confront you know going after the Portland Police Association headquarters again. Um, I could also see other tactics being adopted, but in terms of physical confrontation of the police, it doesn't get much more intense than having a fireworks fight with them. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, so I don't know.
3: Is there? Um... I know that we've we've mentioned this before, and and goals kind of evolve and change. But what is it that people specifically want from Portland? Is this the dissolution of the police department? Is it acknowledgement of um, certain officers there? I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, as as but, it, and I know, it morphs and changes too. But
5: I, I think of the folks I've talked to, most of them. The minimum they wanted was like fifty million taken out of the budget, and they got about half that. Um, more common people want the Portland Police Association dissolved. They don't want, you know, mm-hmm. they they do not want the police in Portland to have a union. They want officers who have been involved in questionable shootings to be prosecuted. It um, all seems it, pretty reasonable. Yeah. They won an end to, and they've won actually an end to a number of the of the the most problematic units in the Portland Police uh, Bureau. So, like the Gang Task Force, which is responsible for a lot of shootings, has been dissolved. Um, and the uh, the Transit Police, they're not getting funding, although the the funding has just been shifted to the Sheriff's Department for the Transit Police, who are responsible for a lot of fucking with the houseless people. Uh, they are removing officers from Portland Schools, which is a, a big win. Great, um, great, right, yeah. So. I think people want to see more of that. There's more units they'd like to see dissolved. They like to see stuff like, you know, don't just shift the funding over to the Sheriff's Department for Transit Police, cut it entirely. Um, I think most people who are out every night at the Justice Center want the Portland police completely dissolved and replaced with something new. Um, That is probably the single most common view, but at the very minimum, people want to see the police much more defunded um, and want to see them no longer sort of immune to the consequences of their violence. yeah, and there's also a, a general, I think, desire for charges to be dropped, um, and not just charges against protesters, but journalists are getting charged. I was just chatting with Elia, who um was assaulted by the Portland police early on in all this, was like thrown to the ground and maced in the face for filming them, um, and sued them as a result, has brought them a civil suit, and a couple of weeks later. Uh, He was at a protest outside of the one by the uh, Portland Police Association, and he recognized the officer who, I believe, the one who maced him, and he stated the officer's name on a live stream. And he was arrested very aggressively and is being charged with two felony counts of assaulting a police officer, which I can say conclusively is a lie by the Portland Police Bureau. I'll testify in court to that. I watched his arrest. I filmed it. Um, There was no evidence of any kind of aggression from Corey. Now... Police often have, you know, it, like in D.C., if you struggle while handcuffed, you're assaulting a police officer. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we'll see what actually is able to hold up in court. Um, but the, the, they the, brought the,
4: shields. The, they struggled.
5: They struggled while handcuffed. Violence. Um, they clearly are are throwing these charges at Corey, both because, you know, he pissed off a specific officer, um, but also because they want to chill the free press in Portland. And if you get, even if they're bogus charges, getting felony charges against you completely changes your life while you are under them. Of course. Um, you yeah. are not innocent until proven guilty. You suffer immediate consequences as a result of having felony charges against you. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, it had a chilling effect on me because I see I I would see getting felony charges against me is not all that far from a death sentence, um, because one of the things that will happen, I have a number of death threats against me. I get them pretty regularly. Um, I carry a firearm and rely on a firearm for self-defense. If I were to be charged with a felony, um, they would come and take all of my firearms. Uh, And not only that, but my name would become, you know, they would it would be a very public case. Um, The Portland police know where I live, and there are cases of we just had an officer retire with full pension uh, who had been caught in photographs with a shrine to Adolf Hitler. Um, There's a long documented history of the Portland police uh, collaborating with groups like the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer in this city, like emails between them. You can read all this. Um, I I have no doubt that my address would get out. Um, so like that that has altered my coverage and where I have gone and physically put myself while trying to cover these protests. And that was the goal. You know, their goal was to scare journalists into not and they have had now a federal injunction put against them that says they can't arrest journalists or demand that we disperse, so that's good. I'm less worried now as a result of that. Um and on the fourth I felt generally pretty safe, but they did target a couple of colleagues of mine and another journalist, a live streamer got arrested because there's now this debate between like what is a journalist? You know, how many of these like citizen reporters um, really count as journalists? And obviously, the police want as narrow a definition of journalist as possible. Right. Um, but mainstream, like the big local outlets and stuff can't afford to have reporters out in the street every night. So we're at 40 nights now. You know, even the local the local press that's done the best job of covering this, like the Oregonian um, and Willamette Weekly uh, or sorry, Oregonian and the Mercury, which have both done, I think, pretty good jobs, particularly the Mercury of covering this. Um, In the streets, like they're not they're not able to send people out every night and neither is like local news TV stations because it's just too it, there's too much. So, so if you're a person who lives here and wants to know what your police are doing, wants to know what's happening in the streets of your city, you're very reliant on these these citizen journalists, um, some of whom have professional credential like a professional history and some of whom are very new to this. You're very reliant on all of these people to actually know what's happening. Um, and I, I, I think there's a reason we don't have a strict legal definition of what makes a journalist. As long as these people aren't participating in the protests, um, which I haven't seen any of them do. I haven't seen them carrying a sign or lighting things on fire. They're just filming. And as long as they're doing that, I don't see any reason not to consider them a journalist legally, you know?
3: Well, yeah, because journalism is different now than it's ever been. Yeah. This is how people get news and spread news. Um, and that's just the reality of it.
5: Yeah, you are. If you are going to show up at a protest as a journalist, there are some behavioral things that I think are incumbent upon you. Um, in order to to be a professional at this sort of an event, um, you're you are not supposed to be. You know, the only the only actions I will take outside of reporting at these events is to render medical aid, which I I think is Mm -hmm. a general responsibility everybody has if they're able to. Um, but you don't you don't take part in. You know, you know, none of the people shooting fireworks off were journalists. People were just filming um and i i think as long as people make that as long as the people out there filming these citizen journalists are are being journalists um right. they they should be treated as such under the law um and it's it's very i think it's it's something everyone needs to be concerned about that we have both state and federal law enforcement kind of peeking and pushing it around the edges of the legal protections journalists enjoy to try to scare them as much as possible that should really concern everybody
3: oh it sounds really scary to be there in the midst of all this
5: yeah it's interesting it's really interesting you know it's it's a lot of ptsd in the streets of portland because all of the protesters who have been out regularly have have accrued a decent amount of trauma because it is traumatic being subject to that kind of the kind of fighting that's been happening in the streets It's, it's traumatic to be uh, subject to that kind of police violence to watch them throwing people to the ground and beating them with sticks to have so many fucking flashbangs explode next to your face, um, to have all that tear gas, uh, you yeah, know, and, the, and in a sustained
3: yeah. way like this,
5: yeah, it fucks you up. And we're all like, all the journalists, definitely, especially the ones who've been out the most, are like dealing with um, pretty significant trauma. Uh, a lot of therapists are going to make a good living off the Portland Press Corps after this, <laughs> um. But I am, you know, I'm really uh, I'm really proud of the journalists in Portland because a lot of people who I don't think ever had any sort of ambition or plan to cover conflict um, have really risen to the occasion in a very difficult situation. Um, you know, Corey Elliott's primary beat was like he covered homelessness um, on like the streets of Portland. Um, he's been, you know, doing a lot of frontline work and and is, you know, currently taking a break because of the felony charges against him and because the police stole all of his equipment and aren't giving it back. But he's done incredible work. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at, at the real Corey Elia. Tuck Woodstock at T U C K Woodstock uh, has also done. You know they've done some really incredible uh, reporting on the ground. They're there most nights. Uh, Alex Zelinsky, um has done really great work for the Mercury Garrison. This we we one of you know on the one of the first couple of nights I was out there. Um, my colleague and I meet this like this young man um, who. It was very, clearly very, very new to uh, journalism period um, and, you know, like had been doing some um, uh, uh, data journalism, but I think was new to like street work and, you know, was just kind of out because the protests and riots were starting in Portland and he kind of shadowed my partner and I for a couple of nights and he's been out in the street almost every night that this has been happening since he's sucked down an, an incredible amount of tear gas and is just like i i the more i've learned about him the more I impressed i am because he's he's like 17 years old and a parkour instructor and uh just the most uh the 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 the, the squirliest like it like wiliest w- 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 mm-hmm. Report like street reporter. I think I've ever witnessed with my own eyes. Just incredible at getting in, getting amazing shots, and then running like fuck from the cops when it becomes clear that it's time to run like fuck from the cops. Does he's he use
3: parkour skills to get away?
5: He absolutely does. You should see. I he, he, love he, it. He's awesome. <laughs> he's so good. He's um, like doing
3: flips over their heads. Yes.
5: Yeah, I mean, not quite that, but like <laughs> no, over, I'm sure over <laughs> fences and shit. Yeah, you can find him at at Hungry Bowtie on Twitter. Um, and he does, he puts out some amazing videos. Like again, the first couple of nights he was kind of like hanging around us and he's just been, uh, like clearly doesn't have anything left to learn, uh, from the likes of me. Um, I've wound up following him a few times lately just (laughs) because he's, he's gotten so good at this sort of shit. Um, so yeah, Garrison's a great follow. Um, yeah, uh, Sergio Olmos, who has been assaulted by the police on a couple of occasions, uh, is a great local reporter one of those like whenever folks are out for the first time uh, and, and asking like where they should be at the process, go find sergio um you can find him at, at mr olmos he's yeah just a just a a wonderful journalist yeah so i mean I'm 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 leaving out some folks that I'm going to be. Uh, oh yeah, and you can find my own stringers, like the folks that I've been working with and who have been doing some independent reporting themselves at at forty fifth Absurdist on Twitter. Um, they put out great videos. Um, and put out a really interesting article that I want to talk about right now about um the president's recent declaration about statues and shit, protecting American monuments, executive order 13933, protecting American monuments, memorial statues and combating recent criminal violence. We'll have a link to the article they wrote. Um, It's a medium post they put together. It's a very good breakdown of what this executive order does. But this is essentially Trump's. So clearly this situation on the streets nationwide has kind of gotten away from the president. And this is his. This is his attempt to do something about it. Um, and the gist of it is that he's declaring all statues and monuments in the country to basically be federal property. Um, like regardless, even if it's not a, a federal, if, even if it's, yeah, it's not, <laughs> no, even if it's not. Um, and it's a very illegal order. Um, the statues don't even have to be government property. Um, they're just statues. Uh, any person but that, or Robert, entity that destroy, Counterpoint.
3: Counterpoint law and order,
5: yeah, yeah, that's really his argument. and like it's 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 interesting. There's a lot that's fascinating because, like in the justification for why this crackdown is necessary, he notes anarchists and left- wing extremists have sought to advance a fringe ideology that paints the United States of America as fundamentally unjust and have sought to impose that ideology on Americans through violence and mob intimidations. Uh, And then he goes on to list things that these anarchists and left-wing extremists have done as including killed and assaulted government officers as well as business owners defending their property. That has not happened. Not a (laughs) single case. Not not a single case of this has happened. Uh, Now, some right-wing extremists have absolutely murdered some cops. uh, And some right-wing extremists have driven into crowds, recently killing a person in Seattle. Um, But no left-wing anarchists have murdered cops uh, or business owners during this. Um, But that's one of the justifications for like why federal agencies not. So it's not only that like federal law enforcement and is going to like go after anyone who fucks up any kind of monument. Um, But Trump announces in this that if city and state governments don't protect public monuments, memorials and statues from destruction and vandalism, um, the federal government will withhold uh, federal support from state and local law enforcement agencies. Um, so they're threatening state and local governments with pulling federal dollars away from law enforcement if those governments don't protect not just actual like monuments that are government property of some sort, but just statues in general. Yeah, so that's a problem. I would say uh, yeah. I, I, I I'm not I'm not in love with this, but it's also like I think the president kind of knows any at this point. The f- court battle over whether or not this is even legal um, won't be settled before the election, and it might. No, win and him it doesn't some, matter. It, yeah. He
3: can just say something. He will just say it, and it doesn't matter if there's truth to it yep. or if anything he's or if it ha- says has merits. It's just something he gets to say, and people believe. Yeah,
5: maybe presidents shouldn't admin. be able to do executive orders.
3: Maybe. Maybe not. I believe he railed against executive orders when the president was Obama, I believe. Yeah. I believe I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So
4: like when there's like a president you like what they do uh with their powers is good when there's a president you don't like it's bad. Um but presidents are still good like that we have them. Is that what we're landing on? Like yeah, that's, maybe that's like maybe we, we should just not get rid of like not have presidents, it seems.
5: Like Maybe. Yeah, that I would be okay with that. Or statues, know. also. Let's get rid of them too. Yeah. yeah. No statues of anything ever. So
4: I don't no know. No art y'all. either.
5: This is this is where we are. This is where I am. Um, I and like, there's so much I want to say. And part of why it's kind of hard for me to put this together, I'm trying to put together an article on it. And writing is really, I find that at, after one of these nights when it's like a serious... when it's a when it it goes out like this, because it'll usually be sometimes six, seven straight hours of, of violence. Um, it's like a good 48 to 72 hours before it's like, actually, I can actually write, um, of again, course. Uh, I can you have put to words together. process that too. Um, and not just write about, um, not just write about police violence, but like write about anything. Like it's like, it's, it's, it's physically difficult to like focus mm-hmm. my brain, which is part of why I'm not out as often Is because I have jobs to do and they require yeah. me being able to write. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you've mentioned this a couple of times, but uh yeah, the the toll on mental health and physical well-being uh with this kind of extended yeah, trauma uh is very real. Uh and it makes sense that you have a hard time <laughs> sitting down to write and work on anything. I mean, I think people are experiencing that anyway right now uh and this is is in, amplifies that.
5: Yeah, and it's <sighs> I I it's not normally it's not normally a problem for me. I've I've like so for an idea of just like the, the severity of this. Again, I've I've covered real fucking wars yeah. <laughs> and and this um this is this is fucking me up. Um and it's not as bad. Obviously, no one has died, so clearly it is not as bad. But in terms of the actual the the physical shock to the system. Um, You know, I'm interested in what's actually happening to our brains from the sheer repeated exposure to things Mm -hmm. like flashbangs that that are not meant to be fired into groups of people at, you know, at close range. Because one thing they found from, like, soldiers in Iraq and stuff, just from, like, shooting the heavier weaponry rockets and stuff, um, if you do that enough, it does have, it it, it causes some, like, CTE-like symptoms. Um, And obviously, again, nothing that we're being exposed to is quite that powerful, but there's also so much of it. I I wouldn't be surprised if there is, I don't know what's happening to us basically. And like with all of these munitions, even the smoke that they, like the non tear gas smoke is carcinogenic and you're breathing clouds of it. Like there's so much shit that is being pumped into crowds that we don't have any data on the long-term effects of. Uh, I mean, also the the
3: tear gas, I, I, I don't know what the studies are into it, but it's looking like,
5: it's not great a for you.
3: Of, well, but to your guess specifically on women and menstruation, um, and and what it, it does to your body, uh, and affects your menstruation, or if somebody happens to be with child and all of that.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a I yeah. There's a lot of research that still needs to be done on how this shit is is affecting people. Um.
3: Before you shoot it on people,
5: yeah, maybe before you shoot it on people. I don't know. I'm a little bit of a an, an, not sh- firing things into crowds of people that we don't know mm-hmm. how will affect th- those crowds of people. Um, also, especially a crowd that,
4: if like crowds at their
5: homes, basically, like this is their neighborhood, this is their community. Oh yeah,
4: just you like you talking about like you've been you've been in war zones and stuff like that. Um, that was uh, there, there's something to be said about like the effect, the psychological effect something like that has on I'm going here to cover this versus I'm going down the street from my home to cover this
5: Yeah yeah and it's like I'm almost at a loss just because like it's 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 got you know one of the things that's fucked it up is that it's hard to talk about anything else uh, it, it's hard to like yeah. maintain my relationships um it's hard to like be a person um and like everyone I know who's covering this is kind of dealing with that same problem and like i also feel kind of bad about focusing on the journalists because this is obviously i have great sympathy for the protesters and they're all dealing with in some ways an even worse version of this because they don't have even the minimal protections the press enjoy um but it's just that's the crew i know the best right like part of you know partly for their own protection i don't spend a huge amount of time talking to individual protesters at these events because i don't know who the fuck's monitoring my shit and i don't want to like expose people to stuff but i t- i talk to a- all the journalists a lot so you know they're the ones that i have the most detailed conversations about mental health with um yeah. and like we're all fucked up at the moment um it's not great
3: <laughs> well we appreciate you and the work you're doing and are concerned for you but know you are doing important stuff but yeah it's it's complicated
5: yeah hmm. well um yeah
3: that cool. it for us today
5: i think that's it for us today it can be um thank you it again
3: Robert, for, for doing all of this yeah um,
5: w- we're we're gonna have in the in the the notes for this episode we'll have uh, links to all of the other portland journalists that i recommend following if great. you want to yeah. keep up on this and they also all have donation cash apps and whatnot you know most of them are working independently uh and and could use your money um, if you have extra to spare, uh, not me, but them, we'll include all of their links, um, and also we will include a, a link to that article that um, my my stringers wrote about Trump's executive order. Awesome. Um, so yeah.
3: Okay. Check out all of those things he just mentioned. Also, you can find us online at Worst your Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll see us there too. Our mm-hmm. handles. We don't need to push that, but. You know, be cool guys, be cool. (laughs) Be cool. be cool, and if if
5: you need to chill out and relax a little bit, maybe <laughs> Google a picture of Jair Bolsonaro clearly dying. Ah, um, oh. uh, it's so good. He's just he is. You crazy. might need to put some dates in there too. Yeah, because um, every the couple of weeks man he's, in the
4: world. It's unbelievable. I could have how many sworn he already had word, coronavirus. Like, but...
5: Oh, he's on his like third or fourth case of the Rona so far. Just he's like trying...
4: completely
5: depleted.
4: Like it, lo- yeah. he looked like a, a a balloon that has been let out. Like it's. It's It's so so unbelievable.
5: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, enjoy that.
3: (laughs) Uh we'll see you next (laughs) (laughs) time. Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel?
2: Lovely.
3: Worst year ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Slash I Heart.